Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad you're with us today. Lots to get to per normal. A lot of recruiting stuff, as you can guess today, this time of year. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, a lot of news and notes from around the area. We'll check in on some recruiting developments for the Hoosiers, a little bit about the MLB draft coming up here in this first segment, and some other news and notes from around the sports world with some local ties coming up here in segment number one. Later in the hour on Tuesdays, we have two solid IU guests for you. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join in segment number two. And then Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com. He is down at the Peach Jam in North Augusta, and he's going to join us live there on location a little bit later in the hour for an update uh, from the recruiting side of things. We'll tell you who Jeff has seen, and who the IU coaches are expected to watch starting tomorrow, I believe at noon, when their live period, the second in this month of July, begins. So that all coming up today here on the program. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into some news and notes. First, a couple reminders. Number one, Little League Baseball coverage begins on Saturday. We will follow the Jeff GRC 12-year-old team to Newcastle, and uh, that will be their second game either Saturday or Sunday. They do open the tournament on Friday. We will not broadcast that game. We'll pick up with the Jeff GRC club on either Saturday or Sunday, depending on the success or perhaps a loss in that first game on Friday. So that is coming up later in the week as well. Uh, Great to get some Little League Baseball on. Much busier these days here at the Big X, the home of the bats, and so many uh, afternoon-evening programs that uh, we haven't been able to get as much of our uh, local sports coverage on the radio. But we are glad to have some opportunity to head to Newcastle. Always fun to see if uh, one of our local can have success at the state tournament. And, uh, you know, again, we are a a very much community-oriented sports area and uh, no greater signal of that 
than the uh, Little League State Tournament. All the communities and little leagues from across the state coming together, sending their best 12-year-old players, and always fun to be part of that. And glad we can bring you those Jeff uh, GRC games beginning on either Saturday or Sunday, depending on what happens with the uh, Jeff team in their opening game on Friday. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. That's your opportunity to send questions and comments into the program. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the number. It's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will get $10,000. They'll win $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more items using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, no problem. All you got to do is send the word rewards to the number 80313. Again, text rewards to 80313 today. Let's get into our headlines for this July 19th. First off, some good news uh, for the future of recruiting for this IU basketball program. Jeff Rabjohns with a report yesterday that two big-time 2025 prospects in the state, so guys that are going to be sophomores this coming school year, Jalen Harrelson of Fishers and Trent Sicily of Heritage Hills. We talk about both of these guys, it seems like, on a regular basis. They both have set up unofficial visits, which is what they are allowed to do at their age, their grade, uh, to the Indiana campus. Harrelson is going to visit Indiana on August 1st, so at the conclusion of all the July basketball madness, uh, Harrelson will be on campus, and then Sicily will be there the day after him on August 2nd. So August 1st is the first date that 2025 prospects can make unofficial visits to a college campus. So I think that's a statement in itself that IU, the in-state school, uh, able to get Harrelson on basically his first unofficial visit that he will be allowed to make to a college campus. Of course, Sicily and Harrelson have both been at Indiana. Their teams played in the team camp games uh, back in June and have gotten to know Mike Woodson and his staff. And if you need a refresher, Harrelson, a six foot six point guard. That's right, a six foot six point guard from Fishers High School in the Indianapolis area. And Sicily is a six foot seven forward from Heritage Hills. So we can claim Sicily uh, as a distant relation here in southern Indiana. And they're both teammates. They're on the Indy Heat team, which is part of the Nike EYBL circuit. It's the 16 and under team, so they're actually playing up a grade, and uh, they will be in action, that team will, later this week down at the Nike Peach Jam in that uh, 16 and under division. Harrelson has offers from Indiana, Purdue, Auburn, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Missouri, and IUPUI. He's added a number of those Big Ten offers uh, in in the last week and a half, really, since the month of July has begun. Uh, Sicily has offers from Indiana, Purdue, Iowa, and he's also being recruited by Butler and Michigan State, and I've seen some other programs, including some Big Ten schools, appear to be in the mix for him at this early point as well. And when 2025 rankings come out, there really aren't any legit national rankings yet for that class. I think both of those guys will be very, very high, especially Harrelson, uh, will both be highly, highly ranked uh, in that class. But a good update on them. 
And a big way to start the month of August uh, for the IU coaches, having two big in-state guys uh, on campus for unofficial visits right at the start of uh, their ability to uh, take visits to campuses. Also, Major League Baseball draft began on Sunday, continued yesterday, and a big portion of the draft, the latter rounds, will take place today. IU baseball player Jack Perkins, he was selected in the fifth round yesterday by the Oakland A's. Perkins is a Kokomo, Indiana product, and he's the 11th pitcher in Indiana baseball, that program's history, uh, to reach the 90 strikeout mark in the 2022 season. And uh, again, a big opportunity for him, the number 154th overall selection and uh, will, was drafted uh, previously uh, coming out of Kokomo. He was the 39th round uh, pick back in 2018 by the Braves, but after negotiations spurned that offer to return, or I should say to head to college. You know, we've got some local interest in the draft. We mentioned three names specifically. Corbin Dickerson, a Jeffersonville native who's at Trinity or played high school baseball at Trinity. Tucker Biven of New Albany, who's committed like Dickerson to the University of Louisville. And then Timmy Borden from Providence, who started at UofL and then transferred to Georgia Tech and had a great season this past spring and summer. None of those guys drafted at this point. And I mentioned this yesterday, and I want to spend a little more time. I don't think if they weren't drafted in the first day or two, I don't think you're going to see any of the at least the two guys going from high school maybe to the pros go. Uh, Borden obviously still a chance he could get picked, and I think he's expected to get picked at some point later today. But for Biven and Dickerson as high school prospects, the way I understand it is there's a lot of conversations that go on between the teams and the advisors and the players and their families, and those guys likely got calls and were given maybe some sort of offer that will pick you if you're available at this pick. Here's the slot value and here's what we're willing to give you and those guys could have turned that down. Now I haven't spoke or confirmed that with any of them but keep in mind that just because somebody not drafted doesn't mean that they didn't get the call or an offer to accept basically a position. You re- you really don't see uh, in this day and age a player Get coming out of high school, get drafted, and then turn it down and, and go on to college. It's really a wasted pick these days uh, for major league franchises. They don't get near the number of picks they used to get as the draft has shrunk. And, of course, there really aren't as many minor league opportunities. Things have really been cut back and combined at the minor league level. So that's the latest. We'll see if Timmy Borden, the Providence alum, uh, gets a call later today and gets an opportunity to move into the ranks of professional baseball, or at least the grassroots levels of professional baseball. I think he is expected to get that opportunity later today. We'll see how things play out. I think the draft gets underway soon today and uh, finishes up a little bit later in the evening. Uh, This is the final day as well of the MLB draft. Looking at IU football here for just a moment, uh, media day coming up uh, later this month, July 26th. So next week it'll be a focus on football and the Big Ten Conference and kind of an interesting media day coming up because, you know, I'll be honest, there's not a ton of excitement or momentum behind IU football. There are a lot of questions, though, about the roster and the team this season because uh, in addition to some turnover uh, and some new faces both on the coaching staff and the roster, you know, we haven't seen much of this team. Everything was closed down in the spring as far as practices go. There was not a spring game. So uh, the schemes and the offense and where the defense stands at this early point, 
we really don't know those things as much as we did heading into previous seasons. But we'll have Matt Weaver, the Peaks.com football writer, on next week. We'll turn the focus a little bit more toward football with the upcoming season just around the corner. But we did get yesterday an announcement from the conference for what it's worth. Uh, Each team gets their head coach. And then usually it's three players that get an opportunity to be with the team and represent the program uh, at the Big Ten Media Days, which, by the way, are in Indiana, in Indianapolis again at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Tawan Mullen, no surprise there, the senior quarterback, is one of the two defensive players who will represent IU. Also, senior linebacker Cam Jones, uh, he's back in Bloomington for a fifth year, and he will be at the Big Ten Media Day on July 26th. And then the offensive representative for the Hoosiers is A.J. Barner, uh, kind of expected to be a breakout performer again this year. He had a, uh, a solid season a year ago, uh, really not in a major role, but he did appear in a lot of games last year for the Hoosiers, and uh, he'll be one of three representatives to join Coach Allen uh, at the Big Ten Media Day. A couple other notes just from around the sports world I wanted to work in here in this opening segment. How about former Iowa star Keegan Murray? He was named the NBA Summer League uh, Most Valuable Player on Monday afternoon after the conclusion of league play. He averaged 23.3 points, 7.3 rebounds, 2 assists, and just over 1 steal per game and shot 50% from the field and 40% from three-point range, only playing just four games in Las Vegas. But obviously, after his uh, career at Iowa, a shortened career because of his NBA dreams, uh, off to a good start at the professional level. And the Summer League is really a good proving ground for some of these young guys. They probably won't see in a lot of cases – and I can't speak for Murray, but probably won't see the the time and the opportunities and the ball in their hands uh, this NBA season as much as they do in the summer, Uh, but definitely a great opportunity for him to make a name and get his professional career off uh, on a good start. And I was reading a story yesterday. I clicked on it because of all the LeBron, Westbrook, uh, Davis drama, and there was a report that they had a phone conversation and have vowed to work together and make things work in L.A. this upcoming season. But there was, in that same story, talks about a potential trade involving the Lakers, and I saw Eric Gordon's name uh, mentioned in that story. So, again, the former Hoosier uh, again, mentioned as somebody that uh, could be on the trade block and uh, the Lakers could be looking to move him in. So we'll follow that here in the NBA offseason now that the summer league is over, but always interesting to see what the future could be like for Eric Gordon, who really has had uh, a, a very solid, I think is a good word to use to describe uh, his time at, at professional basketball. But Eric Gordon has had a very solid professional career at the few different stops he has been in. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Still ahead, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Also joining us will be Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com coming up a little bit later in the hour. So a lot of IU basketball conversation coming up. We'll discuss some IU football as well. And then with Jeff, kind of the opportunity to uh, catch up on the Peach Jam and uh, learn a little bit more about that big-time basketball event where all of the college coaches, Mike Woodson and staff, you can bet, will be well represented there when the live evaluation period opens up on Wednesday afternoon. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back, Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier, my guest. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com and follow him at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. And don't forget, send a question or comment in to the show, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Mike, I want to start with a little baseball. I always enjoy the home run derby. That was fun last night and the All-Star Game and all the festivities surrounding it today uh, out at Dodger Stadium in L.A. Did you watch our boy Kyle Schwarber, IU graduate, uh, in the Home Run Derby last night? And did you see the controversy that uh, has come up where maybe uh, Albert Pujols, who I think clipped him by maybe one home run uh, with the bonus time, maybe there was a miscount I'm reading uh, on ESPN's part, and perhaps he he didn't lose to Pujols. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I have to confess I'm on a family vacation (laughs) in Georgia, and that kind of blows my mind to hear Tell me what you've heard so far. How do you miscount uh, to 20? Well, I, last night I was watching, actually watched Schwarber in the first round. The ESPN had like a grid on the screen, or at least the station, maybe it was MLB Network, where every pitch they would put up a, a block, like a blue block if it was a, a non-home run, and then a little home run uh, insignia if it was a home run. So I'm assuming that somebody hit the wrong button or uh, kept the wrong score, but I saw a story this morning that they're blaming it on ESPN and saying that uh, he and Pujols were actually tied again and should have went to, I guess, a double overtime, whatever the rule. It's hard to keep up with all the new rules in the home run derby, but uh, with all the uh, the hot hitting Schwarber has seen here this summer, uh, I really thought he might do very well in the derby, but it looks like he kind of got robbed there of a chance to at least move on in the first round. Yeah, that, that's a crazy story. <laughs> you would think that would be one of the less controversial <laughs> yes. aspects of, of professional sports, but I guess it found its way into the home run derby. But the part I can speak to is just the, the way Schwarber has been playing. It, it, it's amazing. He has something specific with the month of June, the, the last two years. Um, I think his June home run rate is the best in the history of baseball, but he surpassed Babe Ruth, <laughs> which wow. gives you a, a sense for the, the, the pace that he is on, specifically in the month of June. And he was, he's been asked about it, and he, he has said that you know there's nothing specific he can pinpoint about June that, that has made him play, play so well in, in that specific month. And uh, I think last year he got hurt in late June or early July, and it kind of disrupted his whole flow for the season. So it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of maintain this going into the second half. You know, somebody told me this last night, and I, I have not had time to fact-check this, but they said Schwarber was initially committed to attend Miami of Ohio to play baseball. So a solid Division One program, but not a Big Ten program or a high-level baseball program that it has an opportunity to make the College World Series. But when Tracy Smith came to Bloomington to be the skipper for IU baseball, uh, Schwarber flipped his commitment and came to IU to follow him. I, I did not know that, but my goodness, what a change for him from Miami of Ohio to Indiana, if that's factual, and then, of course, from Indiana to the, the draft in the major leagues. 
Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, I know he came in right around the time Smith was starting to, you know, really bring in a lot of high-level talent. And obviously, he was part of the a major part of the 2013 College World Series team. So that, you know, that that makes sense conceptually. But that, that's a really fun little nugget as well, because I, you know, obviously Indiana at the time wasn't like a major national destination program either. But he became like one of the real centerpieces and was a real instant impact type player so smith was able to to id him like that and get him to flip that was obviously a, a neat little nugget to that builds on on the story that he became a part of talking with uh, mike schumann of the daily hoosier mike uh, from a mlb iu perspective you had a story on your site that jack perkins a pitcher for the hoosiers he was selected in the fifth round yesterday by the Oakland A's. Kind of interesting with him. You don't see this much anymore, but he was drafted out of high school. Uh, normally, if you're drafted, you've kind of had some conversations up front, and they know you're going to accept the offer. Uh, but he was drafted by the Braves uh, a couple years ago out of Kokomo, did not take the offer, uh, went to IU, played uh, some seasons there, then was eligible to enter the draft again, and this time uh, drafted, and I'm sure we'll move on to the A's organization. Yeah, baseball's so unique in that standpoint that a lot of talented guys kind of get that option right out of high school and have to make that decision, you know, do, can I move my way up the ranks or can I, you know, just kind of build a career through the minor leagues and kind of play the long game that way. He obviously played his cards really well, had a really good career both at Louisville and IU, a uh, kid out of Kokomo that was you know right around some all-time single-season strikeout records for for Indiana last year, real power pitcher that you know I think ha- has a shot to to eventually reach the big leagues in Oakland. It'll be interesting to watch his career. All right, Mike, let's dive into some basketball conversation today. Recruiting is the name of the game this time of year, but I saw uh, Alex Bozich at Inside the Hall did a little contract work, and uh, I'm just amazed at what Indiana, and this is not exclusive to Indiana, but all of high major college basketball, what they pay some of these teams to come to Assembly Hall for a non-conference game. Moorhead State getting $100,000. Elon getting $95,000. Kennesaw State, $95,000. Bethune-Cookman at the top of the list, $105,000 to come play a home game at Indiana uh, as part of the non-conference schedule. Just unbelievable. Yeah, it is, but I guess the other side of it is, you know, for a for a program like a Bethune Cookman to to get to Bloomington, everything that that goes into that from air travel and accommodations and everything else that goes with it, in order to get them to your arena for an event, you know, it's going to be hard for a program like that that probably doesn't generate a lot of cash flow, and the event itself does generate cash flow for Indiana. So there's, you know, it, it's. It's pure economics, you know. IU has to figure out, and all schools have to figure out how much can we bring in for this particular game, and still pay another school and, and make it a net profitable event for for Indiana. And so, it, it is interesting, but I think it all just goes back to you know it's got to be worthwhile. I mean, I, I assume Bethune Cookman could play games closer to home, hop on a bus somewhere so that it's just a calculus that goes into it. But obviously having Indiana on their schedule is attractive for recruits, and that's the other side of it, too, when they think about it. Whenever I see dollar amounts associated with some of the non-conference games for IU, I always think back to former IU coach Mike Davis. In fact, 
the last time we had him on this radio program, just to kind of catch up, uh, he was down in Texas. Was it Texas? Uh, was it Texas? Southern. Yeah, Texas Southern. And that was the year that he basically had no home games. I don't think any home <laughs> games until the conference season began because it was like year one or year two, and he was trying to develop a budget so he could get out and recruit and do the things he needed to do as a uh, as a college basketball coach of the Division One ranks. And so by going and playing at Indiana that season and playing all of his non-conference games on the road, a lot of them he was getting paid to play. And that's how he really tried to fund the program and take the program up a couple notches and yeah he took some big losses in that stretch in that season but I'm sure left his program in a much better shape when it got out to recruiting and uh, just general budget items you need that maybe he didn't have that's that's kind of the the funny story I always think about when we talk about how much some of these non-conference games uh, the teams are paid to come in town and really in most cases take a beating yeah and I I feel like if I were in the situation like a Davis or another low major coach I I would, that approach would be very attractive if if you got paid enough to go on the road for these games to to not you know end up in a loss situation why not do it it's it's a great experience for your kids to I mean to go into Simon Scott Assembly Hall or any other you know, famous high major program around the country. It's a great recruiting tool. Um, there's, you know, it's great basketball experience when you go from all those difficult environments and tough opponents and then back to your own conference. Uh, I think, you know, Davis ended up making the tournament a couple times along that path. So it makes a lot of sense. It seems to work in college basketball, so I don't think that that approach is going to go anywhere anytime soon. Mike, uh, let's get into recruiting. Uh, we're going to talk with Jeff Rabjohns in the next segment. He's down at the Nike Peach Jam today. But uh, some good recruiting news yesterday for the Hoosiers for the future, and that's that Jalen Harrelson of Fishers and Trent Sicily of Heritage Hills, as I mentioned in our opening segment today, both of those guys, as soon as this July basketball stuff comes to a close, they're going to be on the IU campus right away. In fact, Harrelson on August 1 and Sicily on August 2. I think that's really good news to see Indiana have those relationships early on and get those guys, and really the first weekend they can take visits, unofficial visits, according to NCAA rules, to get them on campus that quick I think is a good sign for IU. Yeah, I mean, Indiana and State hasn't been you know, at a – elite level like it can be in the 23 and 24 classes but 2025 those two are the headliners they're probably both top 50 type players nationally in their class Harrelson's probably more like top 20 um it it makes a ton of sense to you know they they going all the way back to last October they they offered both of them before they ever played a high school game um and, and it makes a lot of sense to just you know keep your foot on the gas with with those two specifically i think they're going to end up you know being guys that, that indiana is going to push hard on all the way through uh, i think they're going to be guys that, that indiana can legitimately contend for all, all the way through i think you know i've spoken to both players and and their parents here in the last couple months you know i think they they in both cases there's an affinity for indiana I, I won't say that they're like iu fans or anything like that but there's there's good vibes with with Indiana, both the program, the history, and, and the coaches. So I think those are two recruitments where you can say if Indiana doesn't screw it up or if there's not major changes down the path, uh, that IU will have a shot with both of those guys, and and, and that's a really good thing because it you know recruiting in state while it's I don't agree with some that that should be the the 
heart and soul of everything IU does. I think when, when the talent is right there and, and there's a good connection, I think you've got to make it a priority, and I think that's what's going to happen with those two guys. You know, Mike, with Harrelson being a six foot six point guard, uh, clearly he's going to continue to work on his guard skills as he would play that position maybe at the professional level. Um, and the number of offers that he's had, even in the last week or two since the first July evaluation period, I just don't see any which way his recruitment doesn't end up being a national level recruitment. It's already in the Big Ten, in the big in the Midwest, and maybe a little beyond that. But do you agree he's got probably the makings of this being a big dog race, a national type deal? It, it certainly seems like it. I mean, he, if there's one thing that he has to improve on to to make sure everybody everywhere he could possibly want to go is on board, it's his shooting. Um, I think he compares it very well to uh, Jalen Hutchifino right now, whereas he's you know big, strong, physical kid that can you know get to the rim whenever he wants. That that was something that I when I talked to his high school coach a few weeks ago, we kind of laughed about. He's like you know he, he needs to improve his shooting, but right now he doesn't really need to shoot because he can get to the rim whenever he wants. Um, so obviously, as the the talent increases that he's going up against, that part of his game will come along and. His coach didn't have any reservations about, you know, that ultimately he will end up being a good shooter and says he shoots it perfectly fine in practice. So it's more just, I think, just a volume and necessity thing at this point. But, yeah, I I think it's going to be, you know, you're going to see every high-level program that thinks they have a shot offering this kid. I think we've just seen it start with Michigan, Michigan State, and others here in the last few weeks. So it's going to be a major league fight for Indiana. But I, I think that they at least have, you know, an early foot in the door, and they at least have, you know, a, a relationship. I think his older brother goes goes to the Kelly School of Business down there, so the, there's good feelings about Indiana. But but this is going to be a big league fight. It's going to be a business decision, so to speak. You know, just based on hey, you know, we 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 like schools like IU or or whoever, but we're going to go where we think that it's the best fit and. You know, by the way, there are only 20, 25 kids, and they're really not even thinking about any of this stuff too much right now. Mike, I also should note uh, that both players and their high school teams were on the campus uh, in Bloomington less than a month ago at, at one of the IU team camps where they brought in teams from across the area to play some games on the floor at Assembly Hall and, of course, at Cook Hall as well, the practice facility for the men and women. So this will really be kind of a second opportunity, the unofficial visit, not near what an official visit will be once they become juniors if they choose to come back. But a couple visits it will be when they get back to school this year for both of these guys after their early August trips. Yeah, they, they both were they actually Trent and Jalen actually played head to head against each other down there at the IU team camp. Um, both, I, th- I think, will you know both met with Coach Woodson during during that visit. Both spoke highly of that experience. You know, you you mentioned the visits in August. I think they'll both be attendees at games during the season. I think Indiana is just going to keep their their foot on the gas as long as they think they have any shot they're going to make it clear that these two are priority guys um i'm actually with my family now making my way down to augusta sitting in blue ridge georgia right now um and plan to catch up with both of them just to to get their thoughts on on these upcoming visits and you know just at kids their age you know jay i think they both just turned 15 Uh, you know what do they even want to get out of these visits i'm sure it's just at this point it's more 
kind of just high level, just taking it all in. And, you know, based on prior conversations, I, I don't think that they're taking recruiting all that serious right now, nor, nor would I expect them to be. Mike, I tell you what, man, you're committed to us on Tuesdays. You do a great job, and I've got even more respect for you now. You, you've got the ability to mask a family vacation as an opportunity for you to get down to the Peach Jam, which is one of the few, I've said this before, one of the few big-time summer things that I've always wanted to go to. I know the atmosphere is awesome, uh, but I've never been, so I'm a little envious, but uh, happy for you. Yeah, no, I, I all credit goes to my awesome wife for <laughs> <laughs> tolerating uh, the the basketball part of this trip. But we've had some good stops along the way. We've been in Nashville, like I said. We've been right now. We're in Blue Ridge, Georgia, which is just a beautiful mountain town that I would highly recommend people go to. And then on Thursday and Friday, we're gonna spend a couple of days in Augusta. And I don't know how excited my wife is. My nine year old son's very excited because he loves going to the basketball stuff with me. So we'll we'll see if this is a a vacation that I can repeat year over year, or maybe I'll be flying solo <laughs> next year. <laughs> I, uh, I understand. Mike, I want to close with a, a quick IU football uh, topic here for you. Big Ten Media Days coming up on July 26. I mentioned in our headline segment today the three IU football veterans that we will hear from representing IU at that event. What are you most interested to learn from Coach Allen or maybe in general about the Big Ten uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium next week? Well, I mean, just, you know, how how they feel like that they can put last year behind them is, is a big part of it. And, you know, the guys that are going to be there, Taiwan Mullen, you know, it's so easy to forget that two years ago he was first team All-American by, by some accounts, second team or third by just about everybody. Um, he's going to be one of the player representatives just getting a sense for their mindset because it's such – Big Ten Media Day for me is such a – interesting juxtaposition for where they were a year ago because you know it was a year ago at that event that coach allen was saying hey we're, we're breaking the huddle now on big 10 champions and and they went two and ten oh nine in the league <laughs> it's such a far cry from from that mindset a year ago so so where are they now i mean are they the 2020 team are they the 2021 team are they somewhere in between what, what's their mindset you, you kind of know what what Coach Allen's going to say, and you understand it, but it's just kind of getting a sense for his vibe and energy, you know, coming out of spring camp, summer workouts, you know, kind of where they're at with, you know, where, what esteem they hold themselves in. Because it's been fascinating for me, I think, from a from the fans' perspective, I, I feel like the fans have to be won over all over again, which has really been surprising to me. You know, after a 2019 and 2020 seasons that were so good, I, I feel like the, the fan – uh, skepticism of the program is back to you know at its all-time low. So I, I think they're going to have to win the fans back all over again. But I do think the fans will give them a chance in that first game against Illinois. I, I can't imagine a more high-stakes opener than that one because both programs, to me, are kind of right in that same spot. Yeah, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Good stuff today, Mike. Enjoy vacation. Have a safe trip. And also enjoy your time at the Peach Jam. I look forward to hearing all about it next week. Okay. Likewise, Matt. Thank you. All right. Mike Schumann with us Tuesdays here on the show. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Jeff Rabjohns, who, speaking of the Peach Jam, he's there today, was there, I believe, since Sunday, watching some of the IU targets and writing about it for Pigs.com members. And, of course, Jeff there in advance of 
Mike Woodson and the IU coaches who will be in sometime on Wednesday, we sure do believe. We'll head to a break. Jeff from the Peach Jam next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. Jeff Rabjohns, Pigs.com. My guest, the Thornton's text line remains open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Jeff is with us from the Peach Jam. I feel like we've talked so much uh, last week and this week about IU prospects playing there and IU coaches expected to be there beginning tomorrow. But, Jeff, you have been there since, I believe, Sunday, tracking all the IU prospects in 23, 24, and even the 2025 classes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great start to the week. Had a chance to see quite a few prospects and um, got a little break here, so I'm going to run out. Uh, we got to step out here in the car, so hopefully you guys can hear me a little better than being in between three really loud gyms. But it's been a really good start. Obviously, Deshaun Harris-Smith, 2023 guard from Team Takeover, uh, has been tremendous. He had two double-doubles. Uh, to start the event on Sunday, probably was the best guy uh, in the gym on Sunday. Really powerful, athletic, big wing who can drive it. You know, he's been really good. Uh, Boogie Fland, uh, the guard from uh, PSA Cardinals out in New York. Uh, if that rings a bell, that was Thomas Bryant's AAU team. Uh, Boogie is just about pretty much everything you would want in an athletic point guard uh, who also knows how to score. He's tremendous. He has an Indiana offer. Uh, his center, Eves Missy is uh, just an absolutely dominant center prospect. Uh, I think he had a 17 and 14 yesterday in front of me. Um, and, I, and I could actually throw out, he had 17 and 14 in front of me, LeBron James, and Carmelo Anthony. But I don't need to say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Missy's just a tremendous prospect. Um, Dylan Harper, another New York area guard that IU has offered, is just an amazing, dynamic, uh, playmaking uh, combo guard, probably a little more of a scorer than, than, than a creator for others, but, but he is a very good passer. And I was sitting there watching that game and just the way we've had a chance to see them, you know, with USA basketball at the NBA top 100 camp in Orlando and other places. And, and at one point I was sitting there talking to a colleague and I said, are we sitting here watching three NBA guys in a 16U AAU game? And he looked at me and he said, I don't think there's any question. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's what level of play. And obviously not everybody's that good, certainly. But there are some guys who you look at and, you know, you realize, you know, that that's where they, they could be going. But, uh, yeah, the, but Deshaun Harris-Smith certainly is a guy to focus on right now for Indiana. Um, you know, I wrote the story the other day. He has an IU official visit scheduled. And uh, so Indiana is going to get a chance to bring him on campus and uh, give him the royal treatment and, um, you know, see if they can see if they can add him to their 2023 uh, recruiting class. 
Jeff, you've been all over the country and beyond, I think, with recruiting stuff, uh, covering the grassroots circuits, and you, you've done it for years now uh, for Peagues and the Indianapolis Star previous to that. Uh, so you're probably best gauged to answer this question as far as any of our regular guests on the show, but is the Peach Jam the place to be in July? I hear so much about the environment, especially once the college coaches get there, and then hearing you talk about, man, are we watching three future NBA guys in a 16 and under Peach Jam game. Is it the place to be in the summer? Is it as good as what I've heard? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And, um, you know, it's it has some history behind it. You know, before you had shoe circuits, as we have them now, um, the Peach Jam was a little more of an all-comers. You know, whoever you are, best teams meet at the Peach Jam. And, uh, you know, 15 years or so ago, you kind of had the Peach Jam and then you had the Las Vegas Big Time Tournament. And that was also, that was an, an, usually an end-of-July event. And that was for anybody. It didn't matter shoe affiliation, unaffiliated, whatever. Those were probably the two events that were considered, like, the prime, the premier events. Um, and, and Nike has done a really good job taking the Peach Jam, and they market the heck out of it. You know, there's signage all over this place, behind the baskets, on the walls. Uh, all throughout the hallways, it's like you take a picture of anybody at the Peach Jam, at the Peach Jam, and there's probably Peaches, Nike, YBL, something behind it. And so they've really they've grabbed onto that brand. But the, the atmosphere is terrific. The people all around here know what it is. Um, like yesterday, I was there, I don't know, about 45 minutes before tip-off for the first game, and there were a handful of locals standing outside. I was like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we want to be first in. We want to see so and so. We want to sit front row. And I was like, you know, how cool is that? You know, it's 95 degrees here in North Augusta, South Carolina, and there's people come out. And then when the coaches come, you get, you know, the whole second level of crowd that is coach watching. You know, they're really not. They might they might watch part of the game, but they're walking, trying to walk around that 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 walking track up top that goes all the way around all four courts. And you'll see people who just lean over the rail for 20 minutes, and they're coach watching. But that, that's part of the buzz, too. But, yeah, it's, the Peach Jam is everything it's cracked up to be. And then, you know, if, I'd tell anybody this. If you have a chance to go, it, it's worth your time, especially if you get a chance to go on, like, uh, you know, uh, a, a time when there's some key IU prospects, if you're an IU fan. Um, you know, it, it's, it's worth your time. It, it really is everything it's cracked up to be. Yeah, great stuff. Jeff Rabjohns from the Peach Jam. Jeff is the publisher of the Peaks.com website and joins us some Tuesdays here on the show. Right now in 2023, I think things are starting to shake uh, themselves out, but who are the biggest few names for IU fans to follow this week down in North Augusta? Yeah, I think there's, there's three guys I would put, Rob, well, there's three guys I would put at the very top of the list right now because they have all got IU official visits coming up. Uh, the first one is Jamie Kaiser. Uh, he plays on the Adidas circuit. He'll be out in Seal Beach, California, uh, starting on Wednesday, and he'll be playing out there Wednesday through Sunday. He's a six foot six, strong, athletic, uh, very uh, from the Washington, D.C. area, the DMV. Um, he, he was a big reason. His team won the Adidas Championship last week uh, out in Rock Hill, South Carolina. We went out there for that event, sat, sat there and watched him play all five of his main games. Uh, very good shooter, but he's also a guy who's a football player. He has given up football now, but he was uh, a football player who had Power 5 offers for football. And at one point in time, he was 6'4", 
seriously considering football. He's fake basketball, but you can tell he's still physical. He's a six-six wing that his his A team has a power forward and a center. He still was the leading rebounder for them in the championship game. That that's how good he is at doing things besides scoring. Uh, in two other games, quarters and semifinals, uh, he was out there hitting threes. Um, he he had a couple games of uh, of three or more threes. Really good shooter. So he he's one guy. Arrington Page is another guy. Six foot nine center prospect from from the Atlanta area. Um, he's not playing this week. He just kind of like had a little. He tweaked his knee last week, and uh, you know his parents and doctors basically were like, "Ah, eh, you don't have to play. Everybody knows who you are. You've got your scholarship offers. Just let's be smart and rest it." So he's he's not going to play. He's here. He's supporting his teammates. Um, but again, six foot nine center uh, has an Indiana official visit coming up. Uh, really skilled. Uh, can actually step out here and there. You know, ha- had a three and one game down there for an EYBL session in Kansas City. But more of a more traditional interior guy with pretty athletic uh, skill. Four star guy, ranked top fifty in the country. Uh, and then the third guy I would put on the very top line, Deshaun Harris Smith, uh, the guard from Team Takeover that we talked about. Six foot five, hundred and ninety pounds, uh, athletic, uh, very very good on the drive, um, tremendous at drawing contact, getting in the lane. Uh, and, and he can also pass. I mean, he, he almost had a triple-double the other night. So those are the three guys I would put at the top line. Right behind him, obviously, still Xavier Booker. Um, we'll see what he decides. Um, you know, he, I, I think it's, you know, a number of schools have been waiting for him to say, are, are we getting an official visit or not? And, and it has gotten uh, much deeper into the calendar than it goes with most five-star players. And there hasn't even been a list cut at all. So that kind of allowed a whole lot of schools to like come in, come out, come in, come out. And that thing has really had a lot of movement. I mean, you know, Gonzaga's telling him that they want they want him. Uh, he's got somebody around him telling him, you know, you, you, you'd make sense in Gonzaga. You need to go visit Gonzaga. Even though Mark Few didn't watch him one time during the high school season, during April or during, during June. Um, but you've got schools like Gonzaga, Auburn, Oregon, who are now trying to get in. Um, you have schools like Michigan State, uh, Purdue, Notre Dame, that have had head coaches sit on him basically since the start of the high school season. Um, those three guys, I, I've seen Xavier Booker probably more than anybody, and the three head coaches that I saw by far the most uh, were Mike Gray, Matt Painter, and Tom Izzo. Um, and then, you know, Indiana, you know, they went hard early. Uh, Mike Woodson, Kenny Hunter, and you see Rosemont were his very first 6 a.m. workout in the fall. Um, you know, Ohio State, you know, he has a visit planned over there for September 3rd. The Buckeyes definitely matter. Michigan's been sort of in and out. We'll, we'll see where, you know, kind of how, how hard they push down the stretch. Uh, but he, he's going to cut his list. You only get five senior official visits. So it's going to be interesting. That one, you know, if you're an IU fan, just – what I what I've been writing for about a month now is be prepared for anything. You know now that doesn't mean something bad is coming from the IU perspective. Doesn't mean something good is coming. It just means just be prepared. You know this is a recruitment that has has gone many different directions, and there's a whole bunch of roads still open right in front of book right now. So just just be prepared for anything on Xavier Brooker. And then the other guy, and I'll wrap up here. TJ Power, six foot nine. Uh, out of the Northeast, plays for the Boston Area Basketball Club, uh, six foot nine power forward who can make threes. I mean, 
He can just go out there and stick him in your grill. He can also go inside. He's a really good passer uh, from the paint. Uh, but the biggest thing is he's got an offensive repertoire. IU got in on him early. It was really kind of an Indiana, Virginia, Notre Dame uh, type battle. And then he really blew up last week and all got offers from Kansas, UCLA, uh, several others. And then Duke came in at the end and basically said, we really want you. We're going to make a push for you. So um, the chances of IU winning that battle right now, uh, I, I think, are pretty slim. All right, great stuff from Jeff Rabjohns. And, Jeff, as we wrap up today, I want to thank you for taking time out of, I know, a busy day. You're trying to cover stuff back at home and check in on these prospects and conduct interviews. Great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for the insight and the time. Always good to see you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Enjoy Peach Jam. That's Jeff Rabjohns from the Nike Peach Jam. Lots of basketball taking place there this week. That's going to wrap up our Tuesday program. We'll return tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.